Inter Miami picked up another point on the road in the midweek action. But once again, there was a feeling from within that two more were left out there for the taking. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Miami Total Football Radio, the number one and most listened to podcast on all things Inter Miami. We provide you the latest news, updates, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more. We also go by the name of Miami Total Football Radio, and we have been listened to in more than 50 countries. Man, every time I say Miami Total Football Radio and I roll the R's, it just gives me a really good feeling, a really good sensation. You should, you guys should try it at home if you haven't already. And you might, you might want to because at some point if we have you listeners on as guests, we're going to ask you to, to roll your R's and you can't do as poorly as our special guest Larry Henry did on the last pod. Shout out to Larry Henry, a good and longtime friend and colleague. My name is Franco Panizo. I am one of your usual co-hosts on this podcast. Joining me is one of the other usual co-hosts. No, it is not Steve El Primo Brenner. He is not in the house today, but returning after a one pod absence is Jose Armando, a.k.a. Cinco, a.k.a. Island Jose. Jose, how are you doing? Please tell me that everything in your household with Andrea Yanis is fine after last week's podcast. It's okay. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back. Everything is fine. She didn't put you in timeout? There's no truth to the rumor she put you in timeout after disagreeing with her last week? No, no, no. We we talked about it briefly and, and we came <laughs> to an agreement. We came to an agreement. So not not a big deal. But I'm happy to be back. I missed the, the midweek pod. So um yeah, it's it's we're we're getting closer and closer to another home game for um Inter Miami. It's gonna be my first experience back in the locker room. Yeah, this you missed it. You missed it on what on uh last week yes yeah, so i'm very excited about that going back into the locker room something that um hasn't happened since the pandemic for me of course um so yeah i'm 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 just very excited just because you know you have that sense of you you, you see something on the field and then you can you know for sure you're going to have an answer or an opportunity to ask at least after the game so it's it's exciting it's exciting an exciting part of the job so uh, but it all starts here with uh, Miami Total Football Radio. Hey, okay, I like it. Okay. Jose, I've never heard you say it before. <laughs> there you go. You see, but does right. it, doesn't it give you a feeling? Doesn't it give you like a, yeah, let's let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, nice. absolutely. I needed to try it, so Very nice. there you go. Very nice. Let's, let's get this going. You pass with flying colors, my friend, as I thought you would. But by the way. I was, you know, I had questions as to whether the locker room would be full, you know, would be open, and it was, and it was. We were able to go in there, off to the side, and ask a few questions to a few players. Spoke to Leonardo Campana, asked him about the the World Cup controversy that Ecuador is mired in right now. So it, it was a step back to normalcy. Obviously, it's been two years, two seasons since the pandemic that we have not been in locker rooms. So. It was the first time for an Inter-Miami home game, right? It was, it was the first time, I think, ever for Inter-Miami because they did not they did not do it during the first two games of their... Well, definitely not the first game. I, wasn't, I didn't attend the second game at DC United in 2020. I did attend the one at LA. 
against the against LAFC in 2020. So that one, they did not open the locker room. It was all outside. But anyway, this was the first time, I think, in, in the team's short history that they opened the locker room. And, you know, we were able to speak to the players, which which was good. Now, you said you get you get an opportunity to to get some questions answered that you see on the field. That's not always the case because, you know, sometimes players leave leave early. By the time media gets in there, some players may have already exited. So you don't always necessarily get the opportunity, but you have more of an opportunity, right, than if you are in a press conference setting. So definitely a plus and definitely something for you to look forward to this weekend when Inter-Miami plays the New York Red Bulls. Now, we have that game to talk about. We have this last game against the Philadelphia Union to talk about. And we also have a friendly in the cards for Inter-Miami to talk about against a European power. Yes, FC Barcelona is coming back to South Florida to take on the Herons in July. We will discuss what that means. And of course, at the end, we will have our Q&A session. Of course, that preview of the New York Red Bulls game will come with a very special guest, so stay tuned for that in the second segment. But, Jose, we have plenty to talk about. Let's get to it. All right, Jose, before we jump into the X's and O's and analyze this midweek matchup against the Philadelphia Union for Inter-Miami, let's talk about Thursday morning's Biggest news, which was Inter-Miami will host FC Barcelona in a friendly on July 19th at Drive Pink Stadium at 7.30 p.m. This will be the first time Inter-Miami hosts a summer friendly that fans can attend and purchase tickets for. It's the second one overall after the Universitario friendly that was played this past winter, which Inter-Miami won in a very lopsided manner. So... What was your reaction to the news, first of all? What did you think about the news that Inter-Miami would play Barcelona? Well, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. I think it's probably the first time that Barcelona comes to South Florida and they will face a team from the region and not, you know, another European powerhouse or or Chivas de Guadalajara like they did it before. Um, they have been here before, of course, uh, but... I think this is the first time that, you know, they come to South Florida and they're actually going to be facing a team with a fan base uh, here in, 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 well, for Lauderdale, Miami, you know what I mean. Um, so that's, that's exciting because obviously I'm expecting a lot of Barcelona fans in the standings, but as well, you know, La Familia should be there. So that should give for an interesting environment and it should be a lot of fun to watch. And, um, you know, on the other hand, it's, you know, Inter Miami is going to have to work around that game because expectations are going to be very high. When you want to be a uh, quote unquote global brand, then you have a responsibility to perform in those type of games, right? And so, um, to do that, you're going to have to sacrifice some of the MLS action before or after the Barcelona friendly. So that's something to 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 look out for. Uh, obviously, that's that's on field. That's his job to. To, to, to manage the squad in a way that that friendly is is not affecting you in, in the teams in the, in the games that really really matter but overall you know just very exciting and looking forward to uh, a fun night at, at drive pink and and I'm sure we're gonna have a full stadium I'm, I'm sure 19,000 seats it's not gonna be enough for Barcelona to come to town so yeah you know yeah. It's a lot of no, yeah I expect it to sell out very very quickly 
once tickets do go on sale. Now, there's a couple things I want to touch on here. And let's start with what you said about it should be a festive night. It's a friendly, but we expect a, a sold-out crowd. At least we do, you and I. But it is a friendly. But it is a friendly, right? And this friendly comes... They have six MLS games in the month of July. Now they have a seventh game that they've tacked onto the schedule in this friendly. So while I do think it will be a fun environment, I do think it'll be festive. It, it won't just be in our Miami fans. There will definitely be a good portion of Barcelona fans. Maybe Barcelona fans will even be the majority of the fans in the stands. It's possible. It's possible. So while I do think it's a festive moment and it will be a fun night, fans that are going into it, I think, need to have the perspective that this is just an exhibition and do not expect to see Inter-Miami starters in this game for very long or even Inter-Miami role players in this game for very long. I would say, and this is just me, we haven't spoken to anyone yet about the plans for that. Obviously, it's still two months away. But I would imagine Inter Miami plays the likes of Leonardo Campana 30 minutes. Maybe other role players will get a half, but I so would expect. Do you, you want to get embarrassed? Well, I expect listen, this this is they're going to make their money off the ticket sales. They're gonna make their money off the people that buy concessions, parking, jerseys, beers, whatever. Yes, it would be better for Inter Miami to show well than to lose by a lopsided fashion. But this game doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything in the standings. It doesn't mean anything. Yes, there will be eyeballs internationally, but it's a friendly. I fully expect Inter-Miami two players to play in that second half or to play throughout the course of the game. Because if you have six MLS games on the schedule in one month, which means you're playing in the middle of a week already twice that month, and now you're going to do it a third time, you just they're going to rotate. There's no way that they're going to push their starters. Absolutely. There's going to be a rotation because that's a way to justify as well, you know, losing the game and giving kids an opportunity. We all know that strategy. We all know that that, that thought process. But I don't think Inter Miami's looking at for a result. Like, I don't think they're going into this one saying, oh, we need a result to show that we're. If it gets embarrassing, yes, they will do it. You know, if it gets embarrassing, they will do it. They cannot start um, MLS next pro players against Barcelona. I don't think they'll start them. But I do think that they will come in. I think that you will see the likes of Harvey Neville, probably Romeo Beckham. You will see Ethan Harden, you know, Edison Ascona, who barely gets time with the first team. I think you're going to see players in there that aren't necessarily big difference makers or or big-time players with the first team right now because it's just the schedule is so congested that they're going to have to... They're they're not going to try to run their horses... To exhaustion. They they have a bigger picture in mind. They need to try to make the playoffs in MLS. I imagine they will they will be very, very smart about that. Again, the result, this isn't about the result. This isn't about the result. I, I mean, you can take it there if you want. This isn't about the result as far as I'm concerned for Inter Miami. They just, they just want to bring Barcelona in, create a festive night, make some money off of it, and then move on with their season. You know, there could be... There, I could hear the argument that this friendly is... It's pointless because of how congested July is for them. I could hear that argument. I would listen to that argument. Yeah, but, you know, you you need to... I mean, remember, there are some fans, Inter-Miami fans, that will go to the stadium and they will have an expectation. So um, you have that responsibility anytime you go out. 
and, and you wear an Inter Miami jersey, and especially when you're playing at home, and you're playing a big, big club like Barcelona, you need to have that sense of responsibility. I understand you can end up losing the game 3-0, 4-0, 4-1. You know, that, that wouldn't be completely unexpected, right? That wouldn't be completely unexpected. But if it gets over 5, 6, 7, then the result matters because then you're being disrespectful to your to your fan base, right? So, I mean, you cannot put just kids out it there. It depends who plays, man. It depends who plays. It depends who plays. Money. Don't think about the money. Don't just, don't just think oh, about the money. Oh, but you know, but that's what, exactly, that's what this is. That's what this is. That's what this is. This is a, a midseason friendly, I guess, a European power that's in preseason. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's for money. It's for money. It's for the fans to have a good time, but it's for that's money. It's for the team me, to make money. What you're telling me is that if Inter-Miami wins that game, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Listen, matter. I'm so going to say this, Jose. Miami fans, you think Inter-Miami fans will not take pride on beating Barcelona? Of course. Inter-Miami fans can absolutely enjoy beating Barcelona. Okay. But, so the, po- but hold on. It's the same. It's the same. If you end no, up no, 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 scoring no. 8-0, then you're going to be embarrassed if you're an Inter-Miami well, fan. Uh, okay, you're yes, yes. But that's, but that's why the, the point is that I'm trying to make is that game, the result – should not matter. Just like the the result against Universitario four to zero, which you know it was exciting, it was good for the fans to enjoy that attended, that watched, but it doesn't mean a whole lot because it's a friendly. That means that abnormal things like lineup complete lineup changes will happen in the middle of the game, and that obviously changes the whole complexion of a match. This is not a ninety minute game. That means something that there's points at the end of that it's win or go home. It's just a friendly. It is. It is go. You're going to see a very abnormal type of game. I can guarantee you that. So if you're buying tickets, if you're buying tickets to this one, go because you know you're just going to have a good time and you're going to see maybe some of your favorite Inter Miami players play against some of maybe your favorite international players that play for Barcelona. Besides that, and for only for a little bit, because I don't even think Barcelona's going to play their starters for 90 minutes. They're going to rotate. It's preseason for them. No way that this is, gonna, is going to be more than that. The result shouldn't matter, regardless of what it is. Fans can enjoy it if they win. They can be frustrated if they get blown out. But whatever the result is, you turn the page the next day, and you're back into the MLS season, and that's where the focus is once again. You, so. have, you have to think about the fans' perspective here, because, you know... I mean, you can play against Universitario every year if you want, right? Universitario, you can call them and ask them for a friendly, and they're going to say yes maybe 90% of the time, and they'll be here in South Florida and play that game every year if they want. But you're not going to be facing Barcelona every single year. You know, these are opportunities that come and go. And, you know, from the fans' perspective, um, I'm assuming people listening right now, they are excited about the game. There are Inter-Miami fans and they know they are the underdog, but they, you know, might be hopeful of, of getting a good result or watching a good game or watching the players compete against some of the top players in the world. So that's exciting. So, I mean, I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, fighting for three points that actually matter in a regular season game in MLS is very important and Phil's going to have to manage around that. But, you know, they, it gets to a point where the result, it does matter. It does matter. It, it matters for the team that they win. If they, if for the confidence of the players, if you beat Barcelona, that's going to help you in the rest of the regular season. And if you end up dropping games by eight, by nine goals in embarrassing fashion, then that not only affects 
the confidence of the team, but also it's embarrassing for the fans that paid a ticket that went to the to their home stadium and just watch Barcelona running over their team. That's embarrassing. That's that plays a factor. So you know, I I do agree to a sense that if it's a normal score, you know, Inter Miami ends up losing by three goals, four to one, something like that, then I do agree. The result doesn't really matter. We're not gonna. Judge Philo. Close it, but your premise that they're going to lose 9-0, I imagine, is with the idea that Barcelona is going to keep their top choice players in. I I fully expect Barcelona to play young. That if that's the case, if something extreme like that happens, then the result matters. It's extreme as well. But listen, Barcelona is going to Barcelona is very likely to make wholesale changes as well because it's a preseason game. They're likely to play. Players that are in their in their pipeline that play they don't even play on the first team that probably aren't even in the first team's plans for the next La Liga season, but that will be with them during their U.S. tour. It's that's just normal for these type of midseason friendlies. Yeah, yeah. I, and so I don't I don't think that once you see those lineup changes on both sides that you're going to see Barcelona steamroll or, or come even close to that. So right, right, but but I don't think the result matters. No matter what the result is, I don't think it matters. It does not matter. If you beat Barcelona, it's cool. All right. Yes, nice moment. Tip your hat, but that's it's obviously if you beat Barcelona and you're changing your lineup and they're changing their lineup completely, then th- it's not a normal game anymore. So you're not really beating Barcelona in normal circumstances. And if you get blown out, it also should not be oh the sky's falling, doom and gloom under the circumstance that you change your lineup. Now, if they're Inter Miami plays their starting team and they get blown out five zero and they've played most of the game, well then that's that's a different story. But I don't know. Maybe can, I don't have, think you can have it one way or the other, though. I don't think I don't think if you know you can have it like okay, the result matters if they win, but it doesn't matter if they lose. But it matters if they lose, but it doesn't matter if they win. No, it doesn't. I don't think it matters no matter what the result is. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I think I think from a different perspective. I don't know. I'm just thinking. You know, let, let's say my team in Honduras, Motagua, plays Barcelona, and they win that game. I know that game is going to be remembered forever. If Motagua beats Barcelona. That's huge. That that gives a sense of pride to the to the team as a whole. That's a historic moment. You're not gonna get to face it's that. It's a friendly, Jose. It's a friendly. I mean, yeah, but still, I I guess from a fan perspective, you know, that sense of pride of having your team face one of the top teams. You're not gonna face them in the final of the Champions League. You're not gonna play league play with them. So that's basically your one chance to watch your team. Your team, the team that you watch every single week, every single week here in South Florida, play one of the top teams that you watch on TV every single time, every single week. And so, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking with that sense of pride, and, and you're seeing things. I don't hate that argument from you. I don't hate that argument. But again, if if I was going into it, I would go into it as a fan, being like, "All right, well, I'm just here to have a good time tonight, watch some soccer." Watch some football, and that's it. Because, again, for me, it's not going to be a normal game. And it's not going to be even like a normal friendly, surely. It's going to be, there's going to be a heavy rotation because of how congested Inter Miami's schedule is. I, I fully, fully envision Phil Neville rotating the players in and out. And, and you know, he'll talk post game and pre game about the event, and he'll say all the right things. But no way he's going to have his players go the distance or even close to that. When he's got such a busy, so so and, then the game, the game, then the, the game's going to be very, very, very abnormal, and then therefore, for me, the result is really just an afterthought, 
For me, it matters only if it gets extreme. With extreme being Inter Miami winning the game or <laughs> Inter Miami could win a friendly, my friend. It could win a friendly. It could. They I mean, were... Chelsea's Chelsea lost one year to the New York Red Bulls. I mean, and I know some there was a bit made out of that, but again, I think perspective is needed going into into this one. But really quickly, really quickly, because you said, oh, you know, Barcelona doesn't come into town every week, this and that. Don't forget that Xavier Asensi. Inter Miami's chief business officer joined the South Florida side from FC Barcelona. I imagine, and this is not information, just supposition. I imagine he had a hand in helping make this happen. Yeah, but you can you can do a favor to one of your friends one time. But if you're gonna do it every single year, then come on now. Barcelona, on. listen, Barcelona. I, I'm not sure if I might be mistaken, but I think they have offices in the United States. I think. I think. <clears throat> yes, they do. They do. So. And, and the quote, and the quote it, in the press release—it's not, not a big, it's not a big business deal for them, you know. If they, if they went, if they, if Barcelona played at Hard Rock, I'm a hundred percent sure that they will have more than twenty thousand fans in that stadium. So playing at Drive Pink Stadium, it's not that big a business deal, right? Sure, sure, but, 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 if they want to grow their footprint in the United States, one of the quotes in the Inter Miami's press release from a FC Barcelona executive or an official was that oh you know i forget i would have to pull it up but something along the lines of like growing their footprint in in a in a country where the sport has grown uh, tremendously especially with the next generation something along those lines i'd have to really pull it up and and read it for you but you you understand that this is clearly for them it's a business move as well get back into it but get back into the united states Get in front of fans that don't see you on a regular basis and help to continue to grow your brand. And that's that's what they're, that's what they're here for. Here, here's the quote. Start quote. We are proud to return to the United States and play these two games in a country that is strategic for us as it is a territory where we have a large fan base and where football has experienced great go- growth in recent years, especially among the new generations, said FC Barcelona Vice President Marketing Area Juli Guiu. This visit will allow us to get closer to our fans, share with them our values and our Barcelona feeling, and it will be an opportunity for them to enjoy our team on the pitch. So clearly it's all focused on Barcelona. It's not like, oh, well, we're looking forward to the competition against Inter Miami. There was nothing of that in there. It's purely a marketing strategy for them as well as a, you know, from the sporting side, a run out for their preseason. But let's just leave it there. We will have more time to talk about it when it gets closer in July Let's switch gears to the game that did matter for points. That was Wednesday night against the Philadelphia Union. Inter-Miami picked up a point against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. No goals in this one, though there were some chances on both sides. This was the lineup Phil Neville went with. He gave rest to a couple of regular starters. So, Drake Callender in goal. Your back line from right to left. Victor Ulloa, Damian Lowe. Ryan Saylor and Christopher McVeigh. Your midfield trio, Gregory as the six, Gene Mota ahead of him, and Bryce Duke as well. Indiana Vasilev on the right wing, Robert Taylor on the opposite side, and Leonardo Campana at the number nine. Hosek, jump right into it. What was your analysis from this one? What did you take away from this game? I think you know you take away the point because I think it's a good result. You're playing one of the top teams. Um, you, you had your chances um, playing on the road. Of course, you need to score. You need to be as effective as possible to get three points. They were not able to do that. I don't think they're not there 
you know, Inter Miami is not that team that will go on the road and take advantage of 80% of the opportunities they have in a game, especially on the road. They might develop into that later on, but th it's not the case right now. So you take the point, you know, you, you give credit as well to Drake Callender. I think he had a, a very good game. Nothing spectacular out of the ordinary but every time you needed him he what whoa, whoa 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 nothing excuse me sir excuse me sir yeah. i disagree tremendously the... those were not tremendous saves those, those were those were not saves that you're going to my remember. mouth just my jaw like, I, know, I know i know the listeners can't see me my jaw just dropped no those are not saves that you're the gonna... first two saves he had the or two of the first saves he had in this game were he, he, he were was, very big saves. Were huge saves. Yeah, they were they were important for for the game for for you to get the point. They were very important. Oh, so you're gonna hate like, you're gonna hate my question later on in the pod. You, you're gonna, you're yes, gonna hate I already it. know. Yes, I already know. You you <laughs> you already you, you named Campana the the South Beach major. Hold uh, on, hey. The, by the way, I've been meaning to talk to you about you're that. About to give out Winwood to Drake Callender in just a few minutes. So, <laughs> well, it's not a bad idea. But no, hold on. Speaking of that, speaking of that. Train is coming. No, no, no. Speaking of that, it's funny you bring that up because I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And I think, you know, some listeners are curious to hear your thoughts as well. Way, way long ago, when we first started having discussions about Campana and the start of his form, you were like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's not going to keep this up and this and that, this and that. And guess what? He has, by and large, kept it up to this point. So there you go. Or how how many more games? So now. Oh, see, so you're still you're still doubting. He still hasn't convinced you with the performances he's put forth. He's. It's impossible for you to ask Campana to keep playing at at the level that he started this run with for too long. My thing was managing expectations with Campana because when he stops scoring, we're not gonna have to go crazy on him. Oh, you're not a good player anymore. You know, never get too high, never get too low thing here. You know. Campana. Says the guy that just said, if Inter Miami loses 8-0 to FC Barcelona, then, you know, it's going to be... What? The, 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 it, end, the end. Kingdom come. I say it's going to be embarrassing, but it's not going to be the end of the world. It's going to be embarrassing. You have to... You, if Against Barcelona, that's the, that's the one thing you have to accomplish. Not not lose by more than six goals. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing. <laughs> not lose by six goals. Okay, check. All right, I got you. All right, let's, let's, let's go back to this game. Let's go back to this game. Let's go back to this game. I thought Drake, Drake Callender had a good game. I thought Drake Callender had a very good game. Phil Neville was asked about him after the match. Phil Neville said he deserves to keep his position on Sunday. Sounds like Drake Callender will start again as Nick Marsman continues to return or get closer to a return to full health. I'm just going to ask you straight up, and then we can dive into the rest of the game. I already know your answer, but has Drake Callender played good enough over this last stretch stretch excuse me god oh my god to, to warrant it. being the number 1 on Inter Miami for two games it hasn't been two games so that's your premise right there is off but it hasn't been two games no i would say yes i would say yes i, I he has he has made saves that has prevented this team from dropping points and that's what you ask a goalkeeper to do. Look, Nick Marsman, before he left, I won't be unfair to Nick Marsman. Nick Marsman, before he went down with this back injury, he had also made some good saves. That game against the New England Revolution, he made a mistake early on. But then throughout the rest of the game, he made he came up with some good saves. Now, Drake Callender, for me, I know you don't share the opinion, Drake Callender has made very, very good, if not huge saves. The first two or two of the first ones he makes early on in this game against the Philadelphia Union 
are massive. There are plays and chances that easily, easily could have finished in goals, and he makes two incredible stops. Okay, so you give him the start on Sunday, and if he makes one mistake, then he is back on the bench. Well, if is that, so, how, is that how this works? He has entered That's the co- so you're telling me he hasn't entered the conversation to be a starter with the performance levels that he's showing. You telling me that you don't think that he's in the conversation at all? You think Nick Marsman is 100 percent the starter on this team? Yes, he's the starter. We wow. do not okay. have this. I mean, listen, how many games? Can we go back and say Nick Marsman is the starter on this team because of this amount of games? Are you going to go over or under five games? That Nick Marsman has not been the starter on this team? No. If you go back to making an argument about Nick Marsman being the starter for this team, and they ask you to show five or more games in which Nick Mar- Nick Marsman justifies the fact that he is the starter for this team. Do you have those? Okay, so see, so then, there, so then there, so then but there, I would Calendar, tell you. If you could ask the same question about Drake Calendar, you do not have more than five games in which you can show that he has proven to be a starter for Inter-Miami. There's no way. There's no way. You cannot go just like – just because a, a, a player has a game, a good game or two, he's not going to be claiming a spot as a starter. You have to – I mean, you have to look lo, lo, big picture here. Okay, Jose. So let's look bigger picture here then. Let's look bigger picture. He started against Charlotte. I believe that was Drake Callender's first game during this, during this stretch. And he was good in that game. Good. They lost, but he was good in that game. They played against Tormenta FC. And he was massive in that game, in that first half. Massive, massive. A key part for why they were able to win that game despite playing so, so poorly. Against DC United, I would say he was also good. Not great, but good. In this one, he was very good, Jose. Very good, if not great. He was the voted the man of the match, which sometimes doesn't mean a whole lot, but he was also voted to the MLS Team of the Week. Again, something that maybe doesn't mean a whole lot, but just look at the statistics. Look at the statistics, Jose. Zero goals on the road against the Philadelphia Union, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. They had 20 shots. They put eight on target. Some of the saves he made were routine saves, but at least two were very, very high-level saves, the way he closed down the angle, the way he made himself big enough to, to block the shot, get a piece of it. They were very high saves. And those are saves that I don't think Nick Marsman makes. Look, Nick Marsman I, I has, done, he has I, done a good job. Nick Marsman is good. Is Nick Marsman is better with his feet than Drake Calendar. Drake Calendar actually had a very big blooper that could have resulted in a goal against the Union because he, he misplayed a pass that he was trying to make in the in the 18 yard box, so hands down, Nick Marsman with the ball at his feet is better than Drake Callender right now. But listen, I, I, I would I would listen to the argument that Drake Callender is a better shot stopper than Nick Marsman. That's it's my un- analysis. It's, measure, it's unfair to measure players that way. It's 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 unfair. It's just unfair, and especially goalkeepers, especially goalkeepers, because they are exposed most of the time, right? So it is. Especially unfair to goalkeepers. I don't think Drake Callender will be happy if the conversation was the other way around. Because, I mean, if if we go back to what Nick Marsman has been able to do for Inter Miami at times, he has been, you know, 
equally as good as what we saw from Drake Callender. I don't uh, agree. I don't agree with that. I don't agree wait. with that. I don't agree with that. I think he's been good with his feet. I think he's come up with some good saves. But I don't... There's been times where I've seen Nick Marsman give up goals where I'm like, wasn't the, he wasn't the best there. Se la comió, as we would say in Spanish, which would mean he ate that one, which doesn't really translate, but it's, right you know, it's, it's like a big mistake. You're trying to look for mistakes from Nick Marsman's. But, but remember what we saw in preseason from Drake Callender. And Okay, and you, did, you weren't on the pod. Jose, you weren't on the pod. Yes, I did not like that. And I actually heard, and I talked to Drake Callender about that on the podcast, that I believe you missed. I interviewed Drake Callender here on Miami Total Football Radio, and we talked about that. Because I had heard he got chewed out after making those two mistakes against CF Montreal in that preseason game that only you, I, and Andrea were in attendance for. He made two mistakes late on. This is the first time you're hearing about this. He made two mistakes late on as Inter Miami was leading 1-0. Both of those mistakes led to goals. Montreal won that friendly and that preseason match late. They won it 2-1. Drake Callender, after that game, from what I had heard, and he confirmed it to me, got an earful from the coaching staff. And he decided, this could be something that breaks me, or this could be something that makes me. For lack of a better phrase. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. And he, his reaction to that has allowed him to play at this level. His reaction to that moment. He said it wasn't a good moment in the, at the time. But with, with some more time passing, he was like, hey, maybe this was the moment I needed to really open my eyes and realize what kind of player I want to be. Do I want to be a player that dwells on that and, and completely loses his place? Don't forget that after that, not long after that mistake, CJ Dos Santos, the fourth string goalkeeper on Inter Miami, was signed. That could have been a, that could have been something that brings down a player's confidence completely after making those mistakes and then seeing another player in his position brought in. But Drake Callender has responded very, very well. I have been very, very impressed. And this is not two games. This is not two games. He has played well. He also played very well. I didn't mention it against Miami FC. He was also an MVP candidate in that game. He made. Critical saves to keep Inter Miami in it, which they won late. So he's doing his job to the absolute best. He's keeping them in games that, from the run of play, they don't even deserve to be in. I think he's absolutely in the conversation. I absolutely think Phil Neville is absolutely thinking long and hard about which way he goes once Nick Marsman is healthy and available. This is a good problem to have when you have two goalkeepers that are potential number ones. I think Drake Callender's in the conversation. Well, listen, I think for now, I, I'm not going to say he's not going to be a good goalkeeper in the future. And I'm not saying he's not a good goalkeeper right now. But for me, for him to, to get the starter spot in Inter-Miami, he needs to perform at a high level for just a little bit longer. He's a very good backup right now. And I think that's that that's great. That's great for Inter-Miami. That's, that's, that's something that's good. But... For me to for him to become a starter, he's gonna do he's gonna have to do a little bit more. Okay. That's fine. I mean he's I think he's passed with flying colors this run of games that he's had. I think he's passed with flying colors. I don't I don't recall any major mistakes that have led to goals from his part. Nick Marsman in his last start did make a mistake. It's one mistake. Not going to crucify or or make him out to be the villain because he has been good as well. But there is a term in, in American sports called Wally Pipped. If you don't know it, it, it essentially means when one player, and there's there's a more history to it, but it's it's a baseball reference. So when one player who was a starter goes out with an injury 
and his backup comes in and plays so well that the starter loses his position. I think Drake Callender is making a case for that. I'll just I'll just leave it there. He's probably going to start again on Sunday if he has another very good performance. I don't know. I don't know if that's enough to convince you, Jose. I don't know how many more games he would have to play at a high level to convince you. But in order for him to do that, he would have to continue playing, I imagine. So, But you're saying you would start Nick Marsman as, as soon as he's healthy and ready to go. As soon as he comes back, he's the starter in this team. And he should get that spot. I mean, it's just... I mean, he has done a lot. He has done a lot over, um, you know, the, the past two seasons. So, I, I think... I think uh, there's no question. In my mind, there's no question. I think Drake Islander, you know, it's an up-and-coming goalkeeper. But I think Nick, Nick Marshman, right now, he's the starter for Inter-Miami. Okay. And listen, I don't, it's not, I'm not here saying Drake Callender will never make a mistake and will never be at fault for a goal. It's bound to happen. But right now, with the way he's playing, he's, he's in incredible form. Incredible form. I would say, and I asked him this in the press conference on Wednesday, he, he, he stopped short of saying it. He did not say it. He didn't answer the question directly. But of his young career, this is the best form of his young career. 100%. 100%. Now, let's move on to the other side of the field because this game did end up scoreless. Yes, in part due to Drake Callender's incredible stops at the back against the Union, but also Inter-Miami's failure to finish up top in the final third. They only put two shots on target out of their nine. One hit the post from Leonardo Campana in the first half. Jose, what did you see from Inter-Miami's attack in this one? Because this is one of the, this is one of the games where, yeah, the stats don't paint the prettiest of pictures. Only two shots on target out of nine. But Inter-Miami had some good looks in this one, and they just were not able to put them on target that you would expect them to. Bryce Duke in the second half, he had a very good look. Yes, with his less preferred left foot, but he puts it over the crossbar. You would still expect them to do better on that opportunity. So what do you think of the attack from Inter-Miami in this game against the Union? Well, you know, I, I think I touched on it a little bit early on. I think that's probably the next step for, for Inter-Miami, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. They they have to know how to take advantage of opportunities. I do believe they they have the quality. Uh, I really like that move from from Duke inside the box. I mean, that was, that was a great move. She, unfortunately, he wasn't able to finish, but it, it was a great move for him inside the box. Um, I think, you know, it, it comes with time. It comes with time. It's it's not the same when you go on the road, you know, at home. It seems like, and this is something that I don't know if I have mentioned before in the pod, but, you know, it seems like players are very comfortable now at Drive Pink, which is something that I, that I did not see last year. This year, it seems like players really enjoy playing at Drive Pink Stadium and um, and, and and playing at the comfort of of, uh, of dry pink it's it's completely different than playing on the road different conditions so um, I think that's the next step I wouldn't judge them for the game against Philly because you're facing a top team as well and, and you have to concentrate on the defensive effort it would have been nice if they would have scored a goal maybe they would end up with with three points but I think overall that's just the next step for this team and and right now I think we just have to think about the point on the road and that's that's good enough with that point by the way Philadelphia became the top team in the Eastern Conference again while Inter Miami moved out of 13th place and into 12th so again not a terrible result though Inter Miami does need to start picking up three points however against this level of opponent it's not the worst result in the world I did think Inter Miami needed to be effective in this one I did go into it thinking it's going to come down to Inter-Miami taking their chances. 
which they did not, so they settled for a point. Because the Philadelphia Union, as Larry Henry said when we previewed the game earlier in the week, they're a team that doesn't necessarily prize possession all that much. So, Inter-Miami won the possession battle, and they had their chances. It was about putting them away. It was about being effective in that final third, and they just weren't on the day. Big reason why they weren't able to take those three points. And it would have been massive three points against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, a direct opponent for one of those playoff spots. I thought, to dive into a little bit more, I thought the wing play left a lot to be desired. Uh, not the best game from Indiana Vasilev, and not the best game from Robert Taylor. He, he did not really replicate what we saw from him against DC United. Now, they obviously were a bit more limited because they didn't have those marauding, overlapping runs from their fullbacks because... You had two players out of position, filling the right and left back spots. Victorio on the right, Christopher McVeigh on the left. So that obviously limits you in terms of the space you have in the attacking half in the and in the final third. So I think that played a part in it, of course. It took away some whiff and some unpredictability from Inter-Miami. But I do have to note, Victorio and Christopher McVeigh held up, by and large, playing out of position, something that was in question ahead of the match when the lineups came out. So Phil Neville put put in Victor Ulloa, and Victor Ulloa got the job done, as did Christopher McVeigh on that left-back spot. Though, again, could not get up and provide much into the attack. Now, very quickly, Jose, because we're now at a third, or we're a third of the way through the MLS season. 12 games in for Inter-Miami. They're in 12th place. Three wins, three draws, six losses for a total of 12 points do you know how many starts ariel lassiter has in that stretch how many seven tell me seven okay so that rounds up to 20 no 18 overall i'm three <laughs> three games away from no 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 it was 25 right it seven was, games it was 25 games. seven more games to go all right i'm getting closer and closer i'm winning that bet well, we didn't make the bet, first of all. And second of all, someone did text me yesterday. A listener texted me and was like, man, Jose really should have taken that bet. And I was like, yeah, he should have. And then Ariel Lasso didn't start. So then I went and looked up his stats. And I was like, wait, 7 through 12? I mean, if you go through the rest of the season, he might not make it. He might not make it. He probably will. He probably will, especially since Inter-Miami's playing in, in, in the Open Cup and they've, they're, they've made a deeper run. But hey, it's not it's not fully fully determined he's going to get twenty five. And no, we're not counting preseason. No, everyone I've spoken to says that doesn't that that shouldn't count. Whether yeah, they but, say it to you or not, but they, they well, it's it's the deal that we made between the two no, of us. No, we didn't. No, and we didn't make a bet because you didn't accept the terms. You did we not make the terms. You and me. It doesn't really matter what everybody else said. I mean, it doesn't matter because we said it to my to our face. But it's okay. It's okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna go back to no, that because preseason doesn't count. The terms. You're you're accepting that you were on the wrong on Natty Lassiter, so it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. No worries. Hey, if he gets there, I will say, look, you, you got me in terms of the because it's a it's a gentleman's bet now. It's a gentleman's I bet. I already There's... got you. I already got you. You said it in the press box. You said it. You said it that you were wrong. We're about not him. doing this again. We'll we'll leave it for we'll leave it for the end of the year. We'll leave it for the end of the year. I just wanted to bring it up to let you know. The Ariel Lasseter start meter, just let you know where we were, or the start counter. Last thing I want to touch on from this game, and it's something I touched on with El Primo on the last podcast. It was one of the bigger talking points, 
and I would like to hear your thoughts on. What do you think about this midfield trio that Phil Neville has discovered and has, I don't want to say settled on, but that has, that he has gone with as of late? Gregory as the six, Gene Mota as the the eight, the, the link between the back and the front, and then Bryce Duke serving as an eight, but with tasked with a little bit more of the playmaking functions. So you could call him a hybrid between an eight and a ten there in that midfield three. What are your thoughts on that midfield quickly? Uh, I like it. I like it. I think. I think. No, it's it's a good read on 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 the coaching staff. Um, I thought about this, um, but I, I did not have um, Bryce Duke starting. I, I thought of maybe Edison Ascona getting that spot. Obviously, that hasn't worked out. But um, I always thought that that might be, you know, something that could be beneficial to the team because I knew that Gregory and Mota. You know they they have to start. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Uh, I, I think Gregory is comfortable in that position. Mota, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, I think he's still doing a good job. I think the three of them have been able to to give some consistency to the team in the middle, and they know their roles. And I like what I see what I see from them. But again, you know, it's we don't we don't have a lot to to go through when it comes to. Um, matches and minutes be- between the three of them. So, But it's a good start. I think it's a good start. I said this on the pod earlier in the week. I'll say it again, but I won't dive too too much into it because I'll just be repeating myself. This is the best midfield Inter-Miami has. This is the best in terms of the balance, and I think this is the one that they will go with for much of the rest of the year, given what we're seeing right now. I do think Gene Mota needs to pick it up. I do think he needs to step up and give a little bit more. I think of... Of the three during this recent stretch, he's probably been the one that's had the lower performance levels of the three. He gives you effort, though. He gives you, you effort, but you need more than that. You need more than that. This team needs more yeah. than that. He's yeah. got. He has 12 games played, 12 games started, zero goals, one assist. Now, I don't know if that was a secondary assist. I'd have to like go. Oh, no, that was the, the corner kick. The corner kick to Damian Lowe against DC United. There you go. Right off the top of the noggin. So it was not even from the run of play. So from the run of play, yes, he gives you effort does move the ball forward and connect passes and help with that, but you need a little bit more, a little bit more if you're inter inter Miami, because again, I do think that this midfield is probably the best you can get from it, from this side, but there needs to be more in order for this team to really take that next step. I think Bryce Duke has played well in the time he's had, he scored a goal. He has helped set up other goals. So but it's not about the stats, Franco. Let's be honest. It's not about the stats. You know, because if we go about the stats, then it's not working because Inter-Miami is not in a playoff spot. It, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about stats. You know, it's, it, it's about how the team is developing into something that might be successful in the future. How they have established Campana as a nine. How they have Damian Lowe... As a leader in the back, McVeigh is getting comfortable as well, um, and now they're finding positions for for these three players in the middle, in which you can see potential of that developing. Because if we go through stats, I mean, it's going to be disappointing for everybody. It's going to be disappointing. Well, they have to pick it up in the stat department. That's not the only thing they have to do, but they have to pick it up there in order to help Inter Miami. Stats and and the team in last place. It's no, it's, no, 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 no. You know, it's, no. It's, you cannot, you're, you're, now you're being extreme because if they start getting assists or goals, that helps 
raise Inter Miami's chance of winning games. If Bryce Duke scores that chance he has against the Philadelphia Union, they very well could have won that game. So well, if they start producing more, that helps Inter Miami's cause tremendously. That's not all they have to do. But if they can add that to the game, then that helps Inter Miami 100%. I think that's more for a well-established team. I think that's that's for another team. Some other teams in the league, yeah, you might be able to look into stats, you know, to add a little bit here, a little bit there um, because of the individual performance. But I think for Inter Miami right now, it's it's collectively. It's collectively. And I think the middle, you know, it's it's I mean, I, I can enjoy watching the middle for for Inter Miami now as you know, in in well, that's what I told. That's what I told El Primo. This midfield has the is the best balanced and it has the most football because Bryce Duke, man, the, some of the passes he plays, the the creative flicks, the technique he has, it's something Inter Miami was missing without him in that midfield three. Something that yeah. they and they struggled. Now with him in there, and I think he's been a big a big big part of why they've looked better as of late. Now they have a little more football to them. Now they have a little more soccer, a little more ideas. They're a little bit more dangerous. Don't forget that goal and what we're going to the last weekend against DC United, the one that would have made it, uh, well, would have been the third goal for Inter Miami that Ariel Lasseter scores on before he's rolled offside. That comes from a pass from Bryce Duke, played it in behind into the space. So they're a little bit more dangerous and a little bit more soccer savvy with him in there. So let's leave it there unless you have something else you want to add. Nope, I'm good. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We'll come back after that. We'll preview the game against the New York Red Bulls with a special guest, and we will do that after this. I thought for 75% of our play, we were, we were everything that I wanted. And then that last 15%, which is the, it's the most crucial, it's the hardest part of the game, is to put the ball in the back of the net, to show the composure, to take the extra pass, to hit the target, is, 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 where, is where now we need to be better. I think I think the, the the team the team are getting great confidence. The, the team are getting great belief. I think you can see a clear identity in the way that we want to play. You've got players playing with real confidence, and uh, now it's that final bit. All right, everyone, it's time to preview the next Inter Miami match, which takes place on Sunday evening at home at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale against the New York Red Bulls. A nice Eastern Conference bout to close out the weekend. I told you we were going to have a very special guest, and we most certainly do. He's someone who I have been wanting to invite on here for a very, very long time, and at last we can make it happen. He's one of the long-standing great football journalists in this country, a broadcast editorial consultant and writer for CBS Sports, editor and chief of my journalistic stomping grounds, SBI Soccer, and the host of the SBI Show podcast. If you have knowledge of any part of my backstory, you know he's also a father figure for me, both in terms of soccer and in real life. He is the Ricardo Gareca to my Christian Cueva. That's a very long intro, but he deserves it. And of course, when I say he, I am talking about Ivis Galarcep. Ivis, welcome to Miami Total Football Radio for the very first time. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks. That's the longest intro I think I've ever gotten. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I appreciate that. I try, I try words, to go along you, with you, it. You, you, 
You even use words I know you don't use in real life, so that's, that's <laughs> something I know, and it's a special, special one. Like which one? Which word do I not use in real life that I used? In I life? forgot. You you said something most something, and I'm like, you don't speak like that. What do you? What is Bro, this? Oh, what are you talking about, dude? Oh my god! Right, we're, like we're already starting. Like we're already starting. We're already starting. We can't argue already. We can't argue. <laughs> this is why we never had a podcast for everyone listening. By the way, we never did one together because it would have just been an hour of yelling for I, every episode. Well, so. that's what we have here on Miami Total Football Radio, and people tend to love it. So <laughs> I've actually smiled right now as you say that because one of the reasons why we never had a podcast is Ivis knew that I would school him in terms of the football arguments and he just decided to not, not let <laughs> right. that especially because okay. I was young buck I was real young then uh, so uh, he, okay. we had one you had me on on one and we actually went back and forth about the U.S. men's national team, Jurgen Klinsmann. It's 2015. I remember it very clearly. They were about to play Peru. We were in Washington, D.C., and I schooled you. I definitely schooled you. I won I, that I, argument. Listen, I just, you're telling yourself right now because everyone listening to this knows the fact that I probably won almost all the arguments. If you remember one argument you won four years ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one time I won an argument. See, that, you, get, you told on yourself right there. I, you, I remember the everyone, one time everyone you knows had me the on truth. The I remember the one Everyone time you true. had me on the podcast. That's why I remember it. Otherwise, yeah, okay. I, otherwise okay. it would have been like 50 times I remember. Anyway, we're here to talk about Inter Miami versus the New York Red Bulls. And obviously, anyone that knows anything about Ivis knows he's very Jersey strong. Very proud New Jersey person. Obviously, the New York Red Bulls, they play in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena. So what better person than to help, preview us, oh, help us preview the game than Ivis? So Ivis, Inter Miami welcomes the Red Bulls to town on Sunday. I know how the Red Bulls play from years of covering them up close and personal. I know you know that very well as well. But for Inter Miami listeners that may not be too familiar with this Red Bulls team, this current crop, what should they expect in terms of style and in terms of approach from the Red Bulls on Sunday? Well, it's pretty much what what they, they've done for years now, obviously, in terms of the counter-pressing, in terms of trying to force opponents into mistakes. And what we've seen from them this year is a team that is very, very tough on the road. And... The big key with them is usually teams that play at home like to force the issue. They like to be on the front foot. And that really plays into the Red Bull style. They want you to do that. They want you to come at them so then they can count on you. They can press you, force you into mistakes. And the teams that have actually had success, the most success against the Red Bulls are the teams that don't play into that, that don't fall into that trap of of trying to go at them and exposing themselves. And that's going to be the key, key for Miami in that, yes, you want to attack. You're at home. You want to be proactive. But you have to be careful. You don't leave yourself exposed because if you open yourselves up, that's exactly what the Red Bulls want. They want to come at you. They want to find those spaces in the back. And, you know, coming off of, I know they just tied Chicago 3-3 at home. And it's kind of funny because they struggle at home sometimes, the Red Bulls, because usually teams know we are going to sit back. Teams go to Red Bull Arena and they say, we are going to sit back. What are you going to do, Red Bulls? And that's where you can end up in these situations where they don't know what to do or they have a lot of the ball. You know, I remember the FC Dallas played them. And FC Dallas has, you know, they have a pretty good attack. But Nico Estevez, he knew. He's like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to let them have the ball. Let's see them figure it out. And two, they couldn't. Two they teams couldn't that don't want out. the ball. Two teams that don't want the ball fighting not to have right. the ball. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's that's uh, that's what it comes down to. And, and a lot of times you get coaches who have these egos that are like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to attack them anyway. And especially when they're at home. And that's why, the you know, the Red Bulls are undefeated at home this year. I mean, undefeated on the road this year, and perfect. They were per was it five wins in a row on the road uh, before? I think they they finally had that that streak snapped by Philly in the draw. But that's the that's the question for Phil Neville: is he is he going to uh, fall into the trap, or is he going to try to make sure his team 
you know, keeps a balance or is he going to go the other way and say, you know what, I'm going to sit back a bit and, and force the Red Bulls to, to come up with their own solutions. I like that you use the word trap because you spoke to Victor Ulloa to preview this game and he used that very word. He used that, that, that trap. Red Bulls have traps that they try to set uh, to get to get other teams to fall and then play. Now, something Phil Neville said when we spoke to him pre- previewing this match is that they want to play. They're going to look to try to play. And you could take that for what it's worth. You could take it with a grain of salt because Phil Neville has said things in, in the past in public that don't necessarily translate to, to the game action. I'm looking at Open Cup uh, lineup approaches, for instance. But regardless, Inter Miami's aware of, of what the Red Bulls are going to try to do. But I am curious to see how Inter Miami approaches it. But focusing on the Red Bulls. Who are some of the danger men or who are some of the players that have been performing well this season? We will talk, of course, about Lewis Morgan because he was a fan favorite here. That first iteration, he was a fan favorite because of the effort he put forth. Even when he wasn't playing at his best, you could see that he was trying. And, of course, he did score some goals and get some assists. The Red Bulls are five wins, five draws, and two losses. They are in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. So tell us who are the key players to keep an eye on this weekend. Well, obviously, in terms of just overall quality, I mean, uh, the new player that they've added, uh, Luquinas, the the Brazilian who I believe he came over from Poland. He's really shown some some interesting things and gives them a creative element that they they've been missing, um, really since the whole uh, Kaku fiasco, right? I mean, they they needed someone in the middle to give them a little little more creativity. He's he's helped give them give them that. And obviously, Lewis Morgan is is stepped right in and fit in perfectly with the way. They want to play, and Gerhard Struber wants to play, and he obviously has shown a good connection with Patrick Klamala when, they, when they've when partnered together up top. I'd say those guys in attack are the keys for them. Uh, but obviously defensively, the things they can do defensively is the key to their success. And Aaron Long, having Aaron Long back uh, from the, the torn Achilles that he suffered last year, that that's really been the key because last year they had to learn how to play without Aaron Long, and they actually did figure that out in some ways. But then when he came back, <clears throat> when he came back and and – return to his uh, you know defender of the year caliber level you add him to a defense that had learned to play you know managed to play without him now you have a defense that's very very tough and when you look at their back three Sean Nealis is is very tough Long and Nealis are going to be a handful for for your guy uh, Campana um, who obviously has been you know crushing it for Miami so that matchup wise I think it matches that Miami is a good matchup for the Red Bulls because of that because what really gets where you can really get at the Red Bulls is if you have a creative midfielder who can unlock a defense and Miami you know do they do you guys really have that does Miami really have have someone that you could say is like Bryce, elite Bryce, level well, he's not elite Inter Miami doesn't have well, that's what I'm saying. But, but Bryce you, but Bryce Duke has been has been put into that midfield as of late he's given the team more football more soccer and I think he's like a 10-8 hybrid I think that's how Inter Miami looks at him so he has shown some creative a little bit more creativity that that, that can help uh, give other players like Ampana in this last game Vasilev had a very clear look against the Union in the fourth minute that, that he didn't put away off of a pass from, from Duke so I wouldn't say he's elite but he has shown some some good sides it, there it's but, a good matchup because he you know Duke is a, a talented young creative player and the Red Bulls have some good young central midfielders Frankie Amaya for me is taking a step forward everyone obviously knew he was a number one pick in Cincinnati and he did you know he he was good from year one, but on that team that was so terrible, it was hard to really show what he can do. But I think now in his, you know, his second year with the Red Bulls, Amaya is really kind of taking a step forward and just re- he can really control the midfield. So I think he is going to be someone who's going to going to cause some some issues for Duke. I think that's a matchup that, that's going to definitely be one to watch. 
Definitely going to be an interesting one. Now, talk to me about Lewis Morgan a little bit. What have you seen from him this year? He obviously had that game against Toronto FC. I don't remember if it was week two, maybe week two. Memory could be a little off there, but he scored a first half hat trick. Very video game esque of him there. How has he looked so far in the red and white of the New York Red Bulls? No, he's been a great signing um, for sure. I think he fit right in. There's always the questions about how a player will fit into the Red Bull system in terms of not just obviously, you know, you know, he has attacking qualities, but will he give you the work rate? Because there's no no there's no uh, uh, players that who don't put in the work. Everyone on the field for the Red Bulls has to give you the defensive contribution. And obviously the Red Bulls did their homework. They, they, they I'm sure they looked at his profile. They looked at his stats and they realized, look, this is a guy who isn't afraid to put in work and will press when we need him. Will be great on the counter. And that's really where he's kind of dangerous is in transition. Um, when the Red Bulls do force those turnovers, he can be so quick to get into the dangerous positions. And, you know, we've seen that. We've Obviously, he had the hat trick against TFC. That was one thing. But most recently, he did score a goal in the 3-3 against the Fire on the, on the weekend. He's got two goals in his last four matches. So he does give you some some quality out there. Um, and they definitely look to feed him. They look to feed him because he they know he can take people on. And they know he can provide service, so he's definitely become kind of one of the, one of the the busiest guys in the attack for them. I'm curious to see the reception he gets from Inter Miami fans. This is the first time that there will be someone that's you know obviously spent some time here over those first two years that's coming back that made a real impact over the course of those struggling first two campaigns. So this year, 11 starts in his 11 appearances for the Red Bulls and MLS play five goals, two assists. So. Pretty healthy return so far from Lewis Morgan. He's off to a good start there in life in the next chapter of his MLS career. Ivis, what will be the key to the game? I think you touched on it a little bit when you touched on the styles of the Red Bulls and, and, and Inter-Miami, but what will be the key for the Red Bulls in this one if they want to come out with a result? What will they look to do? Again, probably a bit of a similar question to the first one, but just what can we expect will be the key for New York on Sunday? Well, number one, obviously, keeping tabs on Campana. I mean, he's healthy, right? He's playing. Yes. So, I mean, he's 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 the yeah he's the key to the attack for for Miami. And when you talk about long and Sean Nealis has come a long way. He definitely has has improved. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's on Aaron Long's level, but he he's someone who's a, a good matchup. Um, usually, he plays centrally. You get Long on the left. But with a player like Campana, maybe we'll see more of Aaron Long on him. Uh, whoever it is, Campana's got to be. They have to contain him. They contain him, and it, it leaves Miami with a lot fewer, lot, of, lot fewer options in the attack. So that's number one, and number two, just forcing the the turnovers that they force in midfield. And as you mentioned, someone like Duke who has the talent, but he's young, and you know he's someone who you know he can fall for some of those traps in midfield. So that if he does that. The Red Bulls are going to make them pay, no question. Because I'm still, me personally, I'm not sold on the on the Miami Miami defense, and you know yeah. maybe it's better than it than it used to be, but it's still not elite an elite defense. So the Red Bulls definitely have the the, the weapons in attack to burn you on the counter, and I and I I definitely think they can do that. They absolutely can do that if you just look at their stats. Twenty goals scored this year, twelve against for the New York Red Bulls. So they can score goals, and those goals usually come with them forcing turnovers high up the field or in more advanced positions up the field and turning those into chances and, and goals. And I agree with you, Inter Miami's defense isn't elite and it isn't necessarily great. When they're organized, they can be tougher to break down, but even still, they, they have some holes back there. They call upon their goalkeepers. Straight calendar as of late, I think, has been tremendous for them in terms of making very big saves that have saved them points uh, and, and results. So, Ivis. Before we let you go, I have one more question for you because you have obviously the, 
the pandemic happened. I, I left the Northeast after eight years, which, by the way, I just remembered today. You know, you, you inviting me, I was very sad. My first couple of months in New Jersey, leaving home, my first time away from home, and you inviting me for the Memorial Day barbecue at your house, which I thank you for. Very appreciative of the time and the effort and everything you've done for me. Professionally and personally, I was reminiscing on that today. But you haven't had a chance to come down here yet because of the pandemic. You haven't been able to come to Drive Pink Stadium and see what they've done to the place. And I know you've been to Lockhart before. Again, Ivis is a very long time soccer football reporter in this country i believe he's covered mls since 1990 don't 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 hate me if i get this wrong because i know i know it 97 <laughs> 99 99 fuck. i knew no i had 99 and i was like no no no. i think he missed all but the first season and i was no, like no. Ah. i was still in college i was still in, i was finishing college in 97 i was but, uh, 99 was in my head i promise it was 99 or 97 right. and i was like i gotta go yeah. i was like i gotta go 97 because if i get it wrong at least i go over not not under then you know it looks better <laughs> Um, but Ivis, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Inter Miami as a franchise as start to life in MLS? Obviously, I was covering them at first for you and for SBI Soccer, and we talked. We had plenty of conversations about the team, and you gave me your thoughts. But bigger picture, two years and some change. Your thoughts on Inter Miami? Well, I, I think obviously they they did a lot of things wrong in the beginning, just in terms of the way they put the team together, some of the rules they broke. Or, you know, I don't know how much you want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, stuff, you can get into it. You some of the some of the just some of the things they did in terms of building a squad, and I think they learned some lessons from that, and I think they're they've gotten better. You bring in someone like Chris Henderson, uh, who obviously has a has a good track record in the league, and I think just looking at whether it's some of the picks that draft picks they've made. Um, them improving in terms of their academy and, and and hopefully starting to bring in some talent from that pipeline. I think they are coming along now. Yeah, they're they're kind of right now where you would have hoped they would have been, you know, a few a couple of years back. But I think they are headed in the right direction. But it's tough. It's tough because you have such a competitive league right now. Uh, Twenty eight teams. Some of the new teams are, you know, we look at in Austin and how they've really. Uh, you know, the first year they had their growing pains, but they're rolling right now. And obviously they have the support there and, and things are going re- very well there. So as far as Miami goes, I think they have everything there to be a success, but they are still kind of cleaning up the mess of the early years, which were obviously disappointing and, and they got a lot of things wrong. But I do think if with some of the people they have in place now, uh, they're headed in the right direction. Am I sold on Phil Neville being the guy? I don't know about that, but you know, in terms of their front office, in terms of the people running the show there now, I have a feeling. You know, I, I have a, get a better feeling that you know they're they're headed in a better direction now. And, and for the record, I I actually had booked my flight and was going to be at the Miami LA Galaxy game right before the pandemic hit. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. I, I had, I had booked that. That that was the opening game of what twenty the twenty twenty season, I think it was, and it was that game was going to be at that stadium, and I was like ready to rock and had my flight booked. I was all set. We would we would have been partying it up down there, and and then the pandemic went nuts, and that was it, and I had to cancel. But yeah, yeah I'm definitely looking. I'll be I will be down there in the next few months. That you can count on that. Well, yeah, we we need you to come out here make an appearance. Uh, there's definitely some people that want to see you. So, you know, get get down here, including myself. I definitely need to see you. I've seen, I haven't seen you since what? MLS Cup since 20... Well, no, I saw oh, you no, MLS right. Cup 20... Was it Columbus? 21? No. That's Columbus. 2020. Sorry, 2020. MLS Cup 2020. I saw you MLS oh, Cup 2020. Right, right. With, uh, with, uh, with Inspector Gadget. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was, was, that, was that Seattle? That was in Columbus. Columbus beating Seattle. 
Oh right, right. That's, I'm thinking of 2019. Your memory's getting they faulty, old man. Well, I've been to, well, I've been to every MLS Cup since 2002, so they all they all blur together a little bit. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> okay. I know. Ivis, before we let you go, I have to ask you to do something that we ask all our guests to do. Okay. You're on Miami Total Football Radio, but since it's in South Florida. And you actually helped me come up with the name. So actually, that's, <laughs> that's, some, that's something for listeners. I, I actually forgot about that. I've never even brought that up. I was helped me come up with the name. And you were the reason why we went with Miami Total Football Radio, because we needed something that could be said in Spanish. And as a result of that, we now have a very common thing on the show where we have the guests say in Spanish, Miami Total Football Radio, with the R's rolled and everything. And listen, don't feel so don't feel any pressure. Uh, don't feel uh, don't feel any pressure. No, Larry what, Larry was on earlier this week. He told, he mentioned that, and, and he I can was only the absolute worst one. Oh well, let me had. come on. That's not really. All right, I do need to point something out to you though. So if you're having people say this in Spanish, right? Yes. So they should say it in the Spanish structure, because it should it should be Miami Football Total Radio. Like, foot, you know, it'd be the football first, right? In Spanish. Dude, don't get all semantics on me here. Weren't you the one, I'm just saying, weren't you the I'm one just that saying. started this podcast saying, oh, you don't talk like that? Just say Miami Total Football Radio. Stop trying to procrastinate and avoid potential so, humiliation. All right, Miami, Miami. Oh, what? I don't, <laughs> all right. I'm not, I'm not going to dish your podcast. But I'm like, all right, let me see. Let me see if I can get it right. Miami. So say it one more. Say it one more time and I'll say it. In English or in I want to hear you say it. Say it in Spanish. I have to say it in Spanish, right? Yes, yes, yes. So okay. in Spanish. Miami Total Football Radio. First of all, I would never say Miami. I would always say Miami. I don't care. Because that's just how I say it. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miami Total See, that's why it's weird to me. Because I'm used oh, to like football he's total. He's choking. He's choking. <laughs> all right. All right. Miami Total Football Radio. Hey, there was not much rolling of the R's there. It was very, uh, very faint rolling. I kept of the it. R's. I kept it. Yeah, I kept it light. I kept it light. I'm not trying to. I'm, try, I'm not trying to be a pretender like you know. Like people, so. <laughs> not you. You're real. You're real. So. There you go. There we go. There we go. That's Ivis Galarsip, ladies and gentlemen. Ivis, thank you so very much for coming on, and I'm glad we were able to talk some football. You're such a busy man these days. Can't even message you on chat. <laughs> I'll have a little more time in the summer now. <laughs> I'll have a little more time. A uh, little more time in the summer. My my TV work is going to lighten up a bit in the next month or so. So I'm sure we'll be able to catch up. See what happens when you're a TV star. You just don't have time for your people anymore. You forget. I, I'm you a forget. Star. I'm you behind forget. the scenes. I work. I work behind the scenes. For those who don't know, I work at CBS Sports uh, on their soccer properties behind the scenes. I'm not on camera. I'm not on camera. But well, I, briefly. Yeah, he I've they, been they, he makes qualifying. appearances left and right. He's always like they had a video with Jenny Chu coming. Back. Bro, you're on yeah, your... that, that was my one time. That was my one time getting on air. I so. see pictures of you behind the scenes posted all the time. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. He's, he's well, being humble. He's being I am humble. working. I am trying to earn the money that they're paying me. So it's, uh... <laughs> he's being but yeah, humble. I'll get he's back. Yeah, I'll get back on the MLS beat uh, soon enough. So Okay, well, we look forward to having you down here in South Florida sooner rather than later. Ivis, thank you so very much for joining us. And if you guys don't follow Ivis, do so at... At Soccer by B-Y, Ivis, I-V-E-S. That's V as in Victor. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back for the Q&A session. We'll do that after this.
Okay, Jose, Q&A time. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. My favorite part. <laughs> First question comes from Wario64, our friend Bernie. Great question. Love the question. I don't know if you will, Jose. Drake Calendar's ability to stop shots or Marsman's ability to play with his feet? Uh, <laughs> that was the long pause, Jose. I was like, Jose, I was about to say, are you there? Yeah, it's a it, it, it's it's a tough one. Really? I thought you would have said Marsman with his feet. By I, and large, given that you said Drake Calendar hasn't made spectacular saves or anything of the like. Yeah, I don't think they're not as spectacular, but he was well positioned, so I value that. You know, uh, but I, I think uh, I'm gonna stick with with Nick, my man, Nick Marsman. Welcome to Island Jose's kingdom. And <laughs> Jose, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my guy. So I'm gonna go with Nick. But that's not the question. The question wasn't who you like better. It's Drake Calendar's ability to stop shots or Nick Marsman's ability to play with his feet. Which one do you rate higher? Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so Marsman's I'm... ability to play with his feet. Okay, right. I, just, I just didn't want you to interpret the question as you're picking Calendar over Marsman or Marsman. No, 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 no. I value that a lot because, you know, that's that's big for a goalkeeper. It's a, it's a good question. I'm going to contradict myself here, but just because it's been proven over a longer time, I would say Marsman's ability to play with his feet. But if Drake can keep that up, what he's shown in this in this recent window or this recent stretch, I would change my vote. I would absolutely change my vote. And... Again, why I think he is in the conversation to be number one and why he very well could be number one going forward is because he's the hot hand. And he has shown nothing to say that this isn't going to continue by and large. But we will see how his next performances go. Next question comes from Roberto Riva de Neira. Is there a clause that prevents Lewis Morgan from playing against Inter Miami? No, I do not believe that there is. So Inter Miami is out of luck. On Sunday, Lewis Morgan can play and likely will play, and I'm sure he'll be plenty motivated against his former team. Will he celebrate when he scores? That's the question. Will he celebrate? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I, I don't think so. I think he, you know, he 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 was well appreciated by the fans, and yeah. I think that was that 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 feeling was there on his part as well. So I don't think so. You know, maybe he'll he'll you know throw a fist or, or something of the like, but I don't think he'll he'll go running around the field and, and darting across to midfield in euphoria. So I think this would be you know that figure that that type of player that you know will deserve um, I don't know if an ovation, but you know some sort of recognition from the from the fans. I think there was a good relationship there, especially through the first year, of course. You know, I think most of the fans recognized in Lewis Morgan one of the top teams in Inter Miami while he was here, and he probably remains one of the top teams in the short history of the team. So I think maybe this is the first time that a player of that magnitude coming back to South Florida will deserve some sort of reaction from the fans. Don't you agree? Yeah, I'm th I was like trying to rattle through my brain there, and I don't. Yeah, I don't recall anyone coming back and getting a. Not an ovation, but, uh, you know, a, a nod or acknowledgement of sorts. I think fans would be happy to see him, right? Yeah, I'm, of course. I'm, I mean, he, he was one of the players on a very poor team that consistently put in the effort, that consistently showed that he was trying to make things happen even when he wasn't playing at his best. So, you know, he showed heart 
did create think, some goals, and so I, th- I think the fans appreciated that by and large. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it's it's fair to think that, and you know, if I'm not mistaken, he played every single game while he was here, right? He didn't miss one game with Inter Miami. I I believe that is correct. Yeah, so I mean, I believe I it's. I don't think there's there's nobody else that could come back, and will have, um, you know, that sentiment within the within the within La Familia to to just give him a hand or it's nice to see you, you know, something like that, you know. So I, I guess we'll we'll see what the reaction is from the fans over the weekend. That's another thing to look at. You are right. He did start in every single game that he played in before he was traded to the New York Red Bulls. So he started. Every game in the franchise history over the first two seasons. And he had seven goals and 12 assists in that stretch. So, yeah, pretty pretty solid haul, pretty solid production from a, a winger that was used a lot as a wing back in 2021. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes on Sunday. Jose, final question. And this one I will let you answer first. Okay. What did Emerson do to piss off Phil so much that he's largely become an 80th minute substitute? <laughs> um, no, I don't think it goes. Uh, I, I think it's just a matter of the way that uh, Phil, you know, has watched uh, um, Emerson since the first um, training session he had. And um, I, I think we had this conversation before. I think out of the player, out of the new players during preseason, when we were watching them, you know, there was expectation about Emerson, but it seemed to me like, you know, he needed to he needed to develop a little bit more. I think he deserves more than coming in in the 80th minute. I would 100% agree with that. I think with his pace, and I think you know, with Inter Miami not being one of the top teams, they don't have a lot of responsibilities. They're not expected to win every single game, so you can risk things a little bit more. But I don't think. I think it's a matter of Emerson, you know, proving to Phil that he actually deserves to to get more minutes. I think this is a similar scenario with uh, Drake Calendar and 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 Leo Campana. If he's able to show in back-to-back games that you know, with him playing 20-25 minutes and he can play an impact in the game, I think we're going to see that 20-25 minutes, a little bit more than what he's used to. But you know, it's it's going to be a tough task right now because. From what I hear from Phil, every single time he gets he gets uh, asked about Emerson, and that happens often, um, I, I, I get the same reaction. You know, he's just not convinced that Emerson is a player that uh, that should start uh, should be a starter in this team. So um, I think it's 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 all on, on Emerson right now. He needs he needs to perform. I would say that I think, and Phil has been candid about it. They view Emerson Rodriguez as a longer-term project. I know you and I, when we've spoken about it, you haven't necessarily agreed that that should be the case, that you think he should be in the lineup a little bit more often, should be getting more looks, longer looks, because he was playing in Colombia and Millonarios. You can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I believe that's what you've said, yes? Okay. Yes, that's what I've said. Okay, just want to make sure I'm not misrepresenting your your conversations with me. I think he is a project. I don't know if he's a long-term project, maybe a medium-term project or a middle-term project because what he has played, when he has played this season, he hasn't shown enough. He's had moments with the ball where he's been exciting and dynamic and 
He has that flair about him that can lift you off your seat, but he just still hasn't shown enough. Can you remember one play where he created some danger in the final third? Jose, listeners, has he scored a goal? Has he delivered an assist? He's an attacking player. He needs to produce. He hasn't yet. Yes, as maybe Andrea would say, he doesn't necessarily have the best rhythm because he hasn't been playing consistently. But when you're a role player or when you're further down in the squad, you have to make the most of your opportunities to earn more minutes. And he has not done that. So they're taking a longer-term approach with him. And I think that's the reason why he's he's seeing so few minutes. And I think his his participation will decrease even further once you know everybody gets healthy and, and available. Because now you have Indiana Vasilev, Ariel Lasseter, you have Robert Taylor, and you have Robbie Robinson also in the mix, who's who missed this weekend. Or excuse me, who missed the midweek match, but should be back soon. So I think Emerson Rodriguez's minutes with the first team are. They're likely to decrease even more so very, very soon. By the way, we haven't talked about this, but I do think Robbie Robinson's lost his place in the in the starting lineup. I think that that automatic starting spot that he had, or that regular starting spot that he had, I think it's gone. I think Robert Taylor, as a winger, has now taken that. But maybe I should have left that for my final thought. But anyway, that does it for the Q&A session. Jose, you're up for the final thought, and I'll give mine, and we'll wrap up the show after that. All right, so my final thought is on the Miami Heat. You know, just an exciting time here in South Florida with the Miami Heat playing in the playoffs. But, you know, I really like the Peppa song. I've been watching social media, and um, I think that plays a factor. So I don't know if Inter Miami is able to bring that to the Drive Bink Stadium, but I would suggest that. It seems like a lot of fun. I haven't been able to cover Inter Miami, I mean, Miami Heat, the Miami Heat. Um, in the arena, I've, I've been doing it remotely this year, so um, I am officially requesting for the um, DJ at Drive Pink Stadium to please include in the pre-game or post-game ritual pepas. We need to bring that as a whole South Florida situation here. So how about that for my final thought? I'm getting very. <laughs> you went, yeah, you completely threw a curveball at me there. You went with Miami Heat and music. Okay, did not that- see. Did not see that one coming. Very good. That was very good from Jose. Very good. Andrea should be proud of me. (laughs) Jose, by the way, you haven't given us a football manager update in a while, so. uh... Uh, well, I'm moving. I'm I'm moving. My my season's moving. Everything's going well. Um, I think I'm off to a good start. Uh, I'm not ready to to reveal my position in the standings because it's a work in progress. Oh, come on. You can't do that. You can't hide from the. You can't hide your your performances and your results from the curious public well i'm i'm pulling an mls here i'm, I'm coaching an mls so i'm allowed to do that no no the standings are there for all to see tell us where you are come on no i'm i'm pulling a, an mls pr move here um so yeah my team is developing getting better week by week <laughs> trying to bring some new players but yeah i'm, I'm gonna share some some more information next next spot so stay tuned for the next uh episode of Miami Total Football Radio. I might, I might share the standings if they get a little bit better. My final thought, well, I have two. 
One is on Damian Lowe, who was named to the MLS Team of the Week for the shutout or for his contributions in the shutout performance against the Philadelphia Union. Obviously, kudos to Jermiah's entire defense and the team for getting a clean sheet. It had been a little bit since they had done so, but Damian Lowe obviously was very, very important in that match. He cleared one that was headed for goal after Drake Callender got beat following his blooper in that game. So Damian Lowe gets deserved recognition there. The second part is... The MLS salaries came out for the first time this year, this week. And you can see the numbers. You can see how much players are making. Blazeman Tweedy is still listed on there. Gonzalo Higuain, obviously, they're among the higher earners. One name that stood out, and it's because he's an absolute bargain, is Leonardo Campana, who, according to the MLS Players Association, is on a $135,000 cap hit or budget hit. Now... Obviously, he's on loan, so you have to imagine that Wolves are paying a large part of his actual salary, but if that's his guaranteed compensation from Inter-Miami and he's putting in the performances he's putting in, well, that's a real bargain. You imagine if he gets bought out, if Inter-Miami triggers the buy option in his deal, well, that will go much, much higher. But, but right now, as of today, based on those numbers, Leonardo Campana is an absolute bargain. But that does it for this second edition of the show this week we will be back again for another double header or another two-week show next week because there's another two matches on the docket so we will be back again very very soon so for jose armando i am franco panizo you have been listening to miami total football radio and we'll talk to you guys again very soon